This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everyone. Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching here. I'm your auto repair shop coach. My goal is to help you, the independent auto repair shop owner, make your dreams come true. We do that by opening your mind to things you didn't know you didn't know and by getting you out from under your business and putting you in charge of your future as well as your family's future. My goal is for you to stop having a hobby and start having a business you can be proud of and can take time away from. First and foremost, I want to thank AutoLeap. Without their continued support, this podcast would not be available free to you. If you're in the market for a great shop management system, please see the show notes for a demo link. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who could benefit from the topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. As always, if you have an idea for a show topic or want to talk, feel free to get with me, Chris at autofixsos.com. During today's episode number 105, getting to know Coach Brent, we're going to talk about Brent's favorite superhero, Brent's shop, Brent's coaching style, and Brent's ideal client. I want to welcome to the stage Brent here, or Coach Brent as I call him. How you doing this morning, Coach? I'm doing great. How are you, Chris? Good, good. And before we were just sharing with each other our experiences over spring break and everybody ended up cold, I think, is the story out of that. Yeah, it was. We went down to Nashville, took the whole family down there, and it was 40 degrees in Nashville and snowed the <laughs> The last day we were down there. That's crazy. And then for us, we went on a cruise 90s or better where we were at and we get to Galveston and it's 51 degrees and cold and rainy. I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to happen. Then when we get home, it's snowing. So right. anyway, here we are. So again, thanks for taking time today. I know you're a busy man with your repair shop and coaching clients, but I wanted to get in here and introduce current clients and maybe even some potential clients to you and just talk to you a little bit and share your story with everybody. But I always like to throw some softballs at you and lob some up. So first of all, Brent, who's your favorite superhero growing up? I'd have to be Superman. Yeah, loved him. Still have watched every movie about Superman. Just my favorite of all time. That guy cannot be defeated, it seems like. So that's the guy I like. And where did that come from? I think it was from when I was young. I think my mom purchased me some Superman underoos. And I think that's where it came from. That was the catalyst to start this all off. So I remember my Spidey-Man underoos. So I don't know if the underoos came first or the superhero came first. I have to check into that. Maybe we'll have to ask from now on. Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Right. As you were younger and you were growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up? Actually, I wanted to be a baseball player. That was my passion. I loved baseball. I continued with baseball all the way up until just probably about three or four years ago as a coach for my son. My son went to college and played baseball. I just have a love for that game. And so I always thought that I wanted to do that. But as you know, it's very difficult to do that, especially if you're only five foot seven. That's a difficult path to try to row. So that went to the side and then we started doing uh, grown up stuff, getting a job, those kind of things. There you go. You just have to run fast and hit hard, right? So what position position did you play? I actually played catcher. Oh, okay. My last couple of years in baseball, I played catcher. So it it was a great time. I loved it. Oh, nice. Well, and that's interesting you know, I have a background in football and love to coach and then now coach shop owners. And then here you are, love a baseball and coach and coaching. So I I think that's a a pretty interesting bridge there. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so where did you grow up? I grew up kind of all over. My family kind of roamed around. My dad always was an entrepreneur and he moved around to different states as different things became available to him. 
But I mainly grew up, my high school years were in Pensacola, Florida. And so love the beach, love that area. Just an awesome area. We we tried to visit, you know, every two or three years down there, see my high school friends and whatnot. So it's a great area. We love it. Nice. That's really cool. We spent some time in Navarre Beach mm-hmm. and one of the other coaches that may be joining the team here pretty soon has a shop in Pensacola. So nice. you and him will get along probably pretty well. And then maybe we can con him you have a place to stay when you go down there too. Exactly. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somewhere close down on the beach. Okay, Brent, tell me a little bit about your shop, where it's at, size and, and things like that. Okay. So I own Yokum Automotive. It's in Republic, Missouri. It's a small town about seven or eight miles outside of Springfield, Missouri, about 40 miles from Branson, Missouri. I always throw Branson in there because people can kind of picture where that's at because it's such a popular destination destination spot. Bought the shop in 2006. It was a rundown tire oil change kind of shop. Did about $200,000 a year when I bought 2006. Since then, we've just continued to upgrade and grow it and grow it. Last year, we ended up at $1.4 million in sales. We have three technicians, two service advisors and myself, and a four-bay shop is what we're doing that out of. And I think you just hum out of that shop with that size shop. And I've got some more questions regarding that here in just a second, but I think it's amazing. And also for those of you that don't know, Brent's a, a client of mine. He was a client of mine, still is. We still have our coaching call before he came into this. And at the end of 2021, he's like, hey, Chris, I've got some money. What should we do with it? And I said, I think maybe we should spruce up the building a little bit. And if you ever get a chance to go through Republican and visit Brent, I highly recommend it. Check him out. The color scheme that's there. It's a beautiful shop. It's one I like, I would love to have your shop. I, I have shop envy, first of all. And I've been in the industry for 30 years, but actually as a shop owner, you've got me beat. We owned our shops for 10 years. And I think that puts you at like, what, 17 plus years now as a shop owner? Yes, sir. That's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what What's your favorite thing to do as a shop owner? Actually, probably my favorite thing is to give customers rides home. So when they drop their vehicle off in the morning, that's probably my favorite thing. I'm like the go-to. I don't do a lot around the shop. So that's the girls that are my service advisors always just rely upon me to take those customers home. I can have great conversations in 10 minutes. And I can find out a lot more about the customer, what their financial situations are, what kind of problems they're having on the cars. I can get a very detailed description of what's going on with the car in 10 minutes. So I love that. So do you have a specific vehicle, like a courtesy vehicle that you take them home in, or do you take them home in your vehicle? No, I take them home in my vehicle. That way, when I get in there, I know the radio's not blasting (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. And I know it's comfortable. I usually hop in, if I can, a minute or two early, turn on the heated seat for them, those kind of things, make it a little bit more comfortable ride. That's pretty cool. So, and at this point, you've kind of worked yourself out of the business. I know you have a great staff there. But when you were a shop owner and you were in the grind every day, what was your least favorite thing to do as a shop owner? Probably my least favorite thing, and we've worked on this diligently at our shop, is to call a customer back when we have found something additional on the car. That is my most dreaded phone call that I ever make and put in different processes and procedures to avoid that. 
We want to have one phone call on letting the customer know what's wrong and how we can fix it and what the process is and how much it's going to cost. I just don't want to make that second phone call. It's dreadful to me. I hated it as a shop owner too. And I almost, well, not almost, like I told my people like, look, if we didn't catch it the first time or we're not good enough at our job to catch it the first time, then we're just going to eat it. We're not going to, you know, the, the funny, not funny thing, but the thing that most people do is they put this extra part on there and then they fudge all the other numbers and they just reduce their margins. I hated calling customers. The only time I wanted to call a customer back was to say, hey, it's ready, come pick it up. And that takes us into some other things. You're really big into the lean process in your shop. And mainly you've got you've got those guys, you've got three guys working out of four bays and you're doing like a million and a half a year. Can you talk about the lean process a little bit? And I don't want to say fascination with it, but I think you like it more than other people. I don't know. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I do. I really like it. So this all started probably 10 years ago with me, but then we did a study in our 20 group about the lean process. And when you really think about it, if we can save a technician or a service advisor, anybody that's on our team, if we can save them five or 10 steps in a process that they do five or six times a day, when you start adding those up, we are saving so much time by maybe positioning a piece of equipment to a different location in the shop or adding a piece of equipment. Those things, if you add them up throughout the day, I mean, we could save probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half overall per day just by reducing the number of steps that we have to take to get to a product that we're going to use on a vehicle five or six times throughout the day. It goes with checking in cars, how we intake customers, if we have the same questions that we're asking all the time. All of that just speeds up our processes. And the only way that we're going to continue to grow out of my shop, because we're limited on space, is we have to control the time that the vehicle is in the bay. We have to control that. And if we can't control that, then, or if we have these vehicles that are sitting, it's just not productive for us. So in order for us to continue to grow, we have to come up with these little steps. And people think it's a big, overwhelming thing. I just do one task at a time and try to figure it out. If we can make it to where we return parts easier. Anything like that just makes us a little bit more efficient. That's really the key, is just becoming more efficient in our shop. AutoLeap is a cloud-based, all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business, from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. 
Can you point to one thing in particular that maybe when you were looking at things, you didn't think would be as big as it is, but it has become big? Yeah. So one thing that we implemented maybe two, three years ago, we do several oil changes at our shop. And I had the different oil filter wrenches and I had them just in one spot or one of our cabinets that the guys could go over and grab those. But I decided, you know what, they're walking all across the shop to go get that one particular wrench. So I just bought the same wrenches for oil filter wrenches for every single lift and I attached them in a basket to the lifts. And that way the guys didn't have to walk but like two or three steps to get to those oil filter wrenches. And they had them in every every bay except for the alignment bay, but they had them in every bay that they do the oil changes on. That's really good. I remember you talking about that. And I remember at the service center scholars meeting, you talking about it when we did the lean process. And I I think that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Is there outside of the lean process, is there anything else that you can think of that you've done maybe in the last years, you've kind of stepped more into the ownership role that's had a huge impact on you? Well, I actually, as I kind of backed away from the business, I gave more, I guess, permission, if you will, to my lead service advisor, kind of general manager, Casey. I gave her just the go ahead to implement processes that she thought would make us more efficient. And once I did that, then there were a lot of other ideas that blossomed from that because Then my team saw that, hey, I can recommend something, give it to Casey at our weekly meeting or give it to Brent, and then they're going to try to implement that process. And it's amazing the number of changes that have been made within my shop from my employee. It's not just me going in and making changes. And I think that makes them feel even more a part of the team if we can do that. And and they've they've absolutely did. They've run with it. We started using a Trello board with inside the shop. Everybody puts their ideas on there and then we discuss them at our Friday meetings. And it's really helpful grow the shop. One of the things that I talk about with my clients, and I've just started using this number recently, is it takes a lot to go from being in control, from turning control over to somebody else. And I've been saying this, if somebody else can do it to 80% of what you would or to 80% of your capability, let them do it and don't worry about that last 20%. Um, it'll just drive you nuts trying to trying to micromanage that. So if you can do it 80%, if somebody else can do it 80% of the time, let them take over those tasks and you move out and move into something else. All right. Can you also talk about the impact that the DVI and the DVI process has had in your business and a little bit maybe about how how you do it specifically there? Yeah, several years ago, I think maybe three or four years ago, I had a pretty good wake-up call in my 20 group. My average repair order was pretty low. I mean, it was in the 200s. I think maybe about 230-ish or something like that. Now, we did a lot of cars. We have a very high car count at my shop. And we started implementing the DVIs. Every vehicle gets a DVI, except for a couple of instances. If they're coming in for a state inspection, they don't get one. Or say if they come in for a tire repair, may not get one at that point in time. Although the the service advisors have started doing that as of like a month ago. And we've actually sold some things off of it. but. 
I got the buy-in from the guys when from the technicians when I started actually giving them an incentive to per up sales that were done through the DVI. So once I started doing that, I got some really good buy-in. I got buy-in from the service advisors because of their pace, pay plan, and also from the technicians. We ask the technicians to put at least six pictures on the DVIs. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't, but they do a really good job of going through the DVIs. The DVI gets, uh, once the technician does that, it gets relayed to the service advisor and the service advisor writes the estimate up and then presents that to the customer. All this is done digitally. So we're not walking back and forth, wasting time. The technicians all have laptops. They have uh, tablets in the shop. They do all these pictures are taken from the tablets, everything. And then it's just sent over to the service advisor. They send it off to, to the customer for approval and everything flows pretty smooth and we can and usually get approval why that vehicle is still in the bay for the original customer concern, be it a diagnosis or an oil change, whatever it is. So it's and right now, like last month, our average repair order was, I think, about four hundred and fifty dollars right in that neighborhood. Last week, the ladies had a really good week. Their average repair order was like $518. So, and it's all because of the the inspections. If we just relied upon repairing cars, it wouldn't be that high. Right. That, and that's been the thing that we've been trying to do for years, right? Is trying right. To, to move into, again, not being pushy with it, but just recommending, telling, sharing our expert opinion with the people and letting them make the decisions and it, and it takes care of itself. Right. So, and, the, and the customers, many, many customers, they just, they love seeing that. They love knowing that, hey, if I can't, you know, they're recommending all these maintenance items and they may not be able to do them at that point in time. But I'll tell you, we have multiple customers that call us a month later and say, okay, what you recommended to me last month, now I have some money, I can do this. And they may do it one thing at a time, which is great, but at least they're getting the the maintenance done on it. I heard a really cool listen to another podcast this morning and I, I heard a really awesome statement from this gentleman. He said, you know, we only see customers' cars average about two times a year. And if we sell them the recommended maintenance, even if we do it and it's a $650 total, we do that twice a year, that's $1,300. If they were buying a brand new car, you know, their payment would be $600 a month. And we're going to do the maintenance on their vehicle to give them some more life out of their vehicle for $1,300 a year. I mean, that's a win for them. It's a win for us. They get to stay in their vehicle that they, they probably really enjoy and they don't have that $600 a month payment, you know, I think it was a great comment from that other gentleman on the podcast. Yeah. And I don't even know, depending on how, depending on what kind of new car you buy now and how much your down payment was, you'd probably be close and spending closer to $850 or $1,000. It's getting, yeah. pretty, getting pretty crazy out there. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about your shop before we move into kind of the coaching side of it? I just know that if you get your team involved in things, you know, I really, really enjoy our Friday meetings. 
We also do once a month or maybe once every 60 days at the most. We have a have a team building lunch where we have some team building activities. It's kind of like a potluck. We everybody brings something for lunch and once we started doing that, it really started to solidify our team. We recently about 4 months ago brought on a new technician and he just feels like a member of the family already because he's involved in everything that we do. Some of my other technicians have been there for I mean multiple years. But once we started being really just want to make sure that we have those meetings every single time. If I'm not at the shop, they still have the meetings. Somebody else just runs them. So it's a really great tool. And I would encourage everybody who has a shop to have weekly meetings. It's really important to build that team. To I've always said it's, it's great to break bread with people because that's when you really learn about people when you're sitting around eating talking, having fun. So that's really, really good. So now let's move into into you as a coach just a little bit. And so do you think you have a style? Like what's Coach Brent's coaching style? So I'm a pretty big numbers person. I like to know where we're going to start. So with the clients that I have currently, and they'll tell you, I really hound them for a couple of weeks when they first get started with us because we need to know the numbers to start with. We've got to have a really good starting point so we can give them an idea of where we can take them, where they're currently at. And if we don't have the correct numbers, it's difficult to get started on the right path. I would say that once we have the numbers, then I am willing to give as much time to the client as they feel that they need. I love watching their progression. I love throwing little tidbits to them throughout the week. I send emails, just I watch their numbers and I can be a little bit pushy, but I'm not aggressive. So I just want them to know that I'm right there with them. You know, we're walking hip to hip trying to get through this. I just love it when a client says, oh, I never thought about that. (laughs) Right. I love it. I mean, it's just like that's rewarding right there. That's why I love doing it. And the amazing thing is, is most of the time they they know it or you've talked to them about it before. But when you're having the conversation, when you're on the Zoom meeting, it comes back up and they're like, oh, man, I have all these things coming at me. I wasn't pulled back enough to get that. So that's really, that's really good. I like that. I will say too, that it's about 30% or less of all clients that we get have great numbers. Mm-hmm. Like that, most of them are a hot mess. Like it is what it is. It, and most of it's because their shop management system's not very good or it doesn't work for what they're doing. A lot of times they, they don't know what they don't know. So right. they thought that using QuickBooks was a great shop management system and that's all they needed in their Their income statement is piled up. And I love the numbers too. And that's my favorite thing is like, I love to get an income statement and put my headphones on and crank up the music and just knock one out real quick. The income statements are, they can be somewhat comicking at them if they haven't been trained on how to do this. And so it took me several years to figure it out. Thank goodness my wife is, uh, you know, has a very strong accounting background. So when we started, at least I had all the right accounts set up. And so 
they just, uh, like you said, they don't know what they don't know. So it's fun to coach them and teach them those things because once they see it, then there's improvement already, you know, and that's what they've come to us for is improvement to make their lives easier, to make their lives better to give them more family time. That's the majority of my clients have said to me, I just want to spend more time with my family. Right. Okay. Well, the way we can make that is we got to make you profitable first where you don't have to worry about this. And they're all on board. I haven't met a client yet that just has refused to do, you know, our recommendations. And once they do that, they see progression. And sometimes it's very small steps. It, it can take a few weeks to, to start seeing the results of what we've asked them to do. And sometimes they take a step back. But as long as we're always moving forward, that's I think they feel like they're getting all that we're giving to them. That's one of the biggest hurdles that I've had to overcome. I keep reminding myself, any progress is progress. And a a tiny bit of progress for some people is more than what they actually want. Like me, I want to deliver as much value as I can, as fast as I can. And I almost want us to be sprinting. But if we're walking and the customer's happy, then I have to remind myself that that's okay, even though so... Yeah. So if I were to come to you and wave a magic wand and say, Brent, tell me your ideal client and I'll just be able to poof these people out of the air. What would an ideal client look like from your perspective? An ideal client for me is a client that's a little bit scared, a little bit scared of where their business is and where it's going. I've been that person before with my business and it's a very overwhelming feeling If you don't have a mentor to bounce ideas off of, that's the client that I want to help the most because I want to give them some reassurance that this is not where we're going to end up. You know, we're on a path to make your shop, to make your life just better. And But they got to be a little bit scared because if they're not scared, they don't care, I don't think. That's an like. interesting statement. I've never thought of it that way. If, they, if they're not scared, they don't care. That's pretty good. I like that. And I think we all are. Like in the beginning, like, When I first hired my coach, when I had my shop, I talked to people all the time, you know, when we're going through sales. I mean, we're not a cheap date, but everybody that comes into the program and and does what we tell them to do turns out to be successful. The ones that aren't successful are usually the ones that stop taking the phone call for whatever reason or they disengage. And that's sad to me, but that's you can kind of break down the number of clients and, and put them in these different categories of ones that just do everything that you ask, some that are like hard to pull along and then some that disengage. Right. And but, I don't have any clients right now that are like this, but some I feel like if they've taken advice from people that are not within our industry, that can be detrimental to their business, you know, because not all businesses run exactly like our auto repair shops do. They're, it's just a different animal and we've got to take advice from within our industry from men and women who have been there, fought the battle, come out on the winning side. Those are the ones that we want to take advice from. And, you know, that's what we're providing. Like I've been in the industry for over 30 years, former shop owner. You've done other things. You're a current shop owner for 17 plus years. 
why keep fighting? Why keep fighting the battle when you can come to other people? And and it's great if you pay us, but we have over a hundred podcasts now. I've got webinars. There's all kinds of free information on the interwebs for for people to learn and get from. And I think that's great. Like whatever you can do, and then once you do that and grow past a certain spot, then you can come on board with us. And there's some people that I talk to that I'm like, hey, you're really probably too small for us to be working with at this point. Here's eight or ten things. Go do that. Increase your revenue by X, and then. Give me a call back and we'll either have the same phone call again or maybe you'll be ready. As far as like an ideal shop setting for you, I think I have one pegged for you, but I want to hear it. Like, so what do you think is the ideal shop for you to work with or think about like bays, employees, numbers wise? What do you think? So I kind of go back to my shop on that because I'm really comfortable in my shop. But the shops that are probably up to about 10 bays with probably up to about 15 employees would still be in my wheelhouse because there's just so much that could happen within somebody who has a 10 bay shop. You know, I have I have multiple friends in 20 groups and stuff like that that have these big shops. And I went and visited one a month and a half or so ago and just out there as a friend to help. He didn't hire us as a coaching firm or anything. I just went out to help him. And when I left, I left him a list of like 10 things. And since then, he has implemented several of them. And it's going to change his business. It is. The way that I and you, Chris, can see a business and walk through it and go, these are the things that'll make you more profitable. They're easy. They're easy to do, easy to implement. We're not talking about rewriting a whole bunch of opportunities operating procedures or anything like that. We're talking about just some simple things in the shop. So anything up to about 10 bays or so, if we start getting over 10 bays, I think Chris Cotton needs to handle those guys. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. I've got my hands full right now. And I did, you know, I did a, a shop visit a couple of weeks ago. I think about the same time you were out in Colorado, mm-hmm. I was in California. Diesel only shop that does three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars a month in sales. But I was there for a day from seven in the morning till five that afternoon. And I came away with probably six pages of notes and pictures and all kinds of stuff in there of ways that they can even be more productive and more efficient. And I would like to see us get to half a million a month in that shop. We'll see, see what we can do with it. But I would tell you out there, Brent's ready for some more clients. If you're interested, um, call us up, let us know. Even if you just want to talk, and go through a consultation, then we're fine to do that. Kind of a a weird thing happened. I had somebody that listens to the podcast reach out to me and is like, Chris, do you know anything about shop flow? You know of any podcasts about shop flow out there? And I'm like, you know what? That's a topic we've never covered. I've never really done by myself, but who better to do it than Brent? So be listening for episode 106. We're going to record it this week with a gentleman from, I think, South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, why don't you just get on and do a podcast with, we'll talk through it on a podcast and maybe see if we can help you out. So that should be interesting on several different levels. So yes. So watch for that one coming up next. Any final thoughts, Brent? Anything anything else that maybe we haven't covered or haven't talked about that you want to mention real quick? Yeah, I would just say that if you're a shop owner out there right now, 
and you've just got some struggles or you have stuff that keep you and that keeps you up at night with the thoughts just racing through your head about your shop and you can't sleep, you're just having a rough time, reach out to us. Maybe you just need to talk through a couple of things in the beginning. Maybe we are not the coaches for you, but reach out, get to us, get to a mentor, talk it through. There's lots of resources out there. Chris has, like he mentioned earlier, over 100 podcasts. He's got all kinds of information online. Reach out, give us a chance. We can help you get through these things. I guarantee you if very, very few situations that I run across that I haven't seen or heard about or or worked through, I can only think of one in the past three years that I was like, oh, yeah, I've never done that before. And because we've talked to so many people, worked with so many people, we can help people through that for sure. So really, thanks, Brent, for getting on here. I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on, but I just wanted to take some time to talk to you and introduce you to everybody. That way, when people see you some more on social media and everything else coming up, they'll be like, oh, I know Coach Brent. So again, thanks for being on here. Really appreciate it. And you have a great day, okay? Thank you, Chris. Awesome. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, reminding you it never always gets worse, but sometimes it has to get worse to get better. Remember, don't stop working today because tomorrow needs you. Please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at AutofixSOS.com, or give me a call at 940-400-1008. Have a great day, everybody, and remember to rise and grind. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.